0: Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Riding down Santa Claus's land, lights are blizzarding. All is reindeer
1: pulling on the reins.
0: Bells are ringing, children
2: sing it all is merry and bright. Hang your stockings
1: and say your prayers,
0: cause Santa Claus comes tonight.
1: All right, inside, welcome back to the uh, program. It is Pens Motor Racing Weekly. Just a we're, we're a sports station okay how many years did bobby knight reign supreme as the head coach of uh, indiana during his heyday how many, any guess on how many years
2: i would say every bit of 20 years Not seems like all of mine too low too low to i would have guessed a uh, bare minimum 20 29
1: yeah. wow. 29 years before he was unceremoniously fired and uh, that uh, 30 for 30 on espn playing tonight to uh, i guess it was one of the more highly requested ones so I think that's rather interesting. I didn't realize it was 29 years before the infamous chair-throwing contest.
2: I'm a little younger than you, not much. And I. it seems like he was their coach and making uh – he was all over the news as a kid. I remember seeing him all yeah. over the for, – for the great success that the uh, Hoosiers had.
1: Yeah, Hoosier, Hoosier basketball. Definitely there to stay. Andy Debrino, uh, originally uh, scheduled for this particular portion of the program. By the way, this is a front porch media property. It's Pit Pass Moderation Weekly, Coast to Coast, Border to Border, and all those ships at sea. You can listen on the iHeart app, or you can find us, uh, the Pit Pass app, where you get your apps, whether it's iTunes or, of course, uh, uh, uh android so we appreciate you finding us and following us throughout the week let us hear from you on facebook as well we'd like to uh, hear from you who you would like to hear on the program it's easy enough to do just say hey guys we'd love to hear from andy Debrino, for example and then we'll get him right on maybe not tonight but maybe on a different show
3: <laughs> maybe never yeah. it's twice we've we've not missed we've uh, not connected with andy but what an interesting guy he's he's raced this year he raced washugal um, in the in the All Star race, he did um, AFT obviously, where he he uh, was the Super Hooligan national champion,
2: as well as he raced in the AFT singles class at Sturgis, second and twelfth.
1: Let's back that up. Uh, there are some people that may not be familiar with the Super Hooligan. Class or classless, if you will. Uh, Tony, could you k- kind of fill everybody in on what makes it a super hooligan class, and who who actually came up for, with the term? Do you know?
3: Um, I don't know. I'm that. not going to give Roland. I'm not going to give Roland Sands credit because he I didn't don't know invent the
2: name, but certainly made it a racing series, it and was, his name is all over the current racing series. Yeah, it was
3: basically supposed to be, you know, street legal motorcycles that are going around the pro flat track circuit before
2: that and it going a little further back it was really a sideshow at bike shows they were letting guys at be it chopper shows or just custom bike shows they were saying hey we're here at a flat track anyway or there's one nearby bring out your street legal bike and let's let it roll see what happens
3: we did it at my track track in winterset and it, it did lead to uh some injuries boomers uh, knee reconstruction uh who else (laughs) we there were some
2: some pretty (laughs) ugly racing machines i personally rode one there and it was the the farthest thing what from what i would call a race machine i rode a v star 650 it plowed the straightaways like a (laughs) single row planner it was pretty awesome so what i did was
3: i wasn't sure that people would show up and i was advertising a hooligan class so i went out and bought a bunch of craigslist bikes i have a kz 650 that rocks I have I put Colin Hickman on that. I've got a, a Seika 650. As I, I bought recall. the Seika 650, I didn't actually buy that for the hooligan. I was just at Hickman Power Sports one day, and, and it was there. And they were like most of the junk. They go, "Will you take this home, please, please?" please. And Pennies I, on the dollar.
2: Get yep, it out of here. Yep,
3: yep. And that's what I did. I bought it cheap, so I took that home. And I've got some other bikes too. And uh, it, it was. Most of them are, are in a heap in my shop somewhere in the corner wishing, you know, they just need a little TLC and they'd be rideable.
2: Yep. It's, those are the bikes you give to somebody who needs a ride. Those like, are the ones. I've been keys trying. Are in it.
3: I've been Take driving PJ. Yeah. Nobody's no Nobody's takers biting. so far. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so that's 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 what the hooligan is, Scott. It's basically, but then they've taken it to another level. Right. The super it's hooligan become, race.
2: It's become a, I mean, arguably a semi-professional series, if not full-on professional series.
3: Well, you see, Roland Sands is racing. There's, there's, I wouldn't
2: say there's Joe a... Cops out there. Yes. You've got some real serious talent. Yeah. Uh, the Andy Debrino, who we're supposed to be talking to. He's a legit all-around motorcycle racer, flat um, track, um, flat track road, road racer. He yeah. he's a pretty serious road racer up in Oregon, where he lives. They have their own uh, they have their own racing series in Oregon. He holds uh, the title there, as well as I think a track record. And our local, Jordan Baber, finished second in the 2018 Championship uh, to Andy Dobrino and bested him at a number of rounds. Uh, the coolest thing about this series is guys are actually making decent money. Enough that a guy is willing to travel from uh, a la Jordan Baber, our local, he goes to all these races. He's in California. He's uh, out on the East Coast. I think
3: SNS built that bike, or somebody. Or-
2: they, I think, had some hands in it. Yes, uh, I won't uh, throw anybody under the bus. But in talking to him, I don't know how much uh, how much support any of these racers are getting. But the payouts are enough to make them want to get there. That's for sure. Hmm. And it's I think it's awesome. Uh, Roland's a cool guy, and he's definitely put some muscle behind this so that, series. So
3: that's that, that's an interesting question, PJ. You you uh, you obviously are a fan of the hooligan class.
2: I am. I'm a fan of all racing. We know this. That's why I'm sitting here talking to you Amen. guys. Amen. There's
3: just a lot of guys that are hard diehard flat track fans that, that just don't think that they think it is a sideshow, like you put it, and they don't believe that it belongs in the uh, at a pro AMA Pro, excuse me, not AMA Pro, an AFT uh, American Flat Track Professional event, and I, I think that's a good question to uh, well maybe you know, ask our listeners if they
2: are but, definitely currently in separate venues, and I mean if but they rider weren't. if rider attendance is any gauge, if payouts are any gauge, and if fan support is any gauge. It's doing fine on its own, it sure looks like. I mean, it's getting attention in the media, in the motorcycles, uh, sports media.
1: Let me me read a, a sentence, if I can, from the Cycle News recent article about Andy Brino, okay? Motorcycle racing is an extremely specialized sport. We are giving you that. Okay. It takes fine-tuned levels of skill and bravado to completely uh, compete successfully in almost any discipline. But what if just one aspect of the sport isn't enough? That's where the question – I mean, to to show versatility and then to show it in a competitive fashion, um, that's what really trips my trigger because there are some guys – that may be done you know racing flat track and they're not done racing okay they still got a little bit of the thrill left in them and they want to get all of it out there before they hang up the boots as it were so 24 year old Andy Debrino is a perfect example of what versatility can do and I think it makes him stronger in a lot of different areas agree or disagree PJ
2: I would totally agree um it's you know, that is what makes and what has always made the best motorcycle racers. We were just talking about another one, Mr. Sipes. Uh, right. You know, the, the motorcycle world is full of guys who do everything, and the guys who do all of them well are truly special human beings. Think Hayden's. We know the entire family. Those are guys who weren't capable we're not capable on only one form of racing. they could do any kind of racing and we know other guys uh jake Gagne. there's a the motorcycle sport is filled with guys who can do more than one type of riding really well
3: um yes uh to to, but you don't see guys that, that very often you don't see a guy like somebody that could race at that level whether it be let's say road racing and then go out and qualify for an outdoor national
2: that That's a rare. It happens, but it's rare.
3: Very, very rare. Almost unheard of. And, and and I can't believe we don't make a bigger deal out of it when it does happen. Because it's it just... It, it, I, I, and I still kind of struggle with the crossover from flat track to road racing. I understand that the, the bike's move around on you and that kind of thing. But it is definitely two different styles of racing.
2: Oh, without doubt. I think uh, what we see and what we've always seen in road racing with the guys who came from flat track... It was just the. It was the stepping stone. It really taught them the throttle control, uh, the ability to slide the rear, and motocrossers have that in spades too. We know that.
3: Um, which some
2: is, some of them do. Some of them struggle with it. And again, <laughs> it makes a difference. The guys who can really control throttle, uh, control the throttle and wheel spin, and it it plays into everything you have to do on a motorcycle. And I think that's why flat trackers ease more easily transition to road racing is it's the art of sliding okay
3: and throttle control for
2: sure absolutely Yep.
3: well i uh i, I the uh, this andy debrino cat sure seems like he'd be a lot of fun to talk to because yeah. he's got a lot of cool stuff Oh, i'd done.
2: love to see his i'd love to talk to him about his farm tony did you see the pictures in that cycle news of his of his racetrack at his house
3: yeah so cycle news has the the uh the the article on him and it's it's called mr versatility and um, the picture of his farm, he's got jumps over the fence, like you would build in, yeah, a, in like a, on purpose, <laughs> like you'd build a, in, a, in a video game. It's like uh, you got to clear the fence. It's ramped over on one end. It's like evil Knievel jumps too. It's like totally ramped out, and you just you got to hit the thing pinned. It's pretty funny.
2: Yeah, it, uh, it looks awesome. I wish that was my backyard. Uh, and he he has an interesting history. Uh, he he started out being discovered certainly and uh, he was selected for the u.s red bull rookie cup tryouts that's pretty awesome not a, and some of the guys that were in that very class and category when it started there's some of the best names out there on our road racing series right now i mean there are guys that trace their lineage to that red bull rookies cup
1: you know in that article i was mentioning on cycle news it said isn't it ironic that the Super Hooligan Series has become the main source of income for racing. I think it is. Don't you?
2: It is slightly. I mean, again, I'm going to tip my hat to one Roland Sands. I mean, he is going all P.T. Barnum on this. He has made a (laughs) show of the the racing, and he is selling the racing. He's doing exactly what race promoters do, good ones. That is build up the hype, get guys to show up, and – Make a show of it. The fact that they're racing what weren't originally supposed to be true race bikes, they're overweight. Arguably, they're substantially heavier than anybody else who's going out flat tracking. Harley-Davidson Sportsters are not light. Uh, The XG750, that's not a light motorcycle. Any of the bikes that are out there, they weren't designed originally to be race bikes. These guys are making them race bikes, and they're still
1: heavy arguably ill-fitting but, uh, flat track. You know, but my answer to that is when we started competitive racing, I remember guys taking perfectly good tires and running screws from the inside to the outside. You know, we kind of invented various types of racing, and that's why I kind of like this super hooligan class is because we're kind of doing the same thing we did back in
2: 1962. Without doubt. It's uh, it's guys who want to – all you got to do is uh, get more than one guy on a starting line, and you've got a race. We you know go. this; it's all you need. How about
3: this, boys? EBR back in production. EBR Saw Motor that. EBR Socks will production of the EBR 11R X. Yes, with uh, Bill Melvin's the new owner of, or the the company owner, and he's moved it to Grand Rapids. Um, <laughs>
2: it's it's not surprising when when they went away the last time i think we talked about it on the air here never write (laughs) off eric buell the guy is amazing or he's an amazing engineer (laughs) and he's been dealt some raw deals more than once in his What's his involvement with this i that is unclear to me in in what i've read thus far um it's still got his name ebr on it they're still making uh from my understanding Essentially, the last model that was badged as an EVR, it's the same bike, continuing, uh, continuation
1: of that same bike. Hmm wonder what difference we could expect to see in a new EBR. Perhaps we can get uh, some of the principles on in the future to talk a little bit about the reemergence of EBR, the Eric Buell Racing Bike. Tell you what, we've got our, our number two coming up. We've got uh, open segment. we talked about that. Kyle Wyman is going to be joining us, as is Colin Edwards. Won't you stick around? For PJ Duran, Tony Getty Eddie Camp Roma Davila, I'm Scott Casper speaking. I want to thank Jack and Leanne DeLeon De for producing our program and K- uh, Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson for their contributions each and every week from the Pit Pass Studios. You're listening to Front Porch Media's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Stay tuned.
0: Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix?